Welcome once again to another episode of Demand Gen Radio, the one program that brings you all the latest methods and technologies for driving growth and increasing demand. With the voice of Demand Gen, David Lewis. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Demand Gen Radio. This was the last recorded episode for 2019, and I want to end the year with a bang. And the person I'm going to have on the podcast always, always likes to have some walk-up music. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back to Demand Gen Radio. The man, the myth, the legend, my partner in crime, although we've never actually committed a crime together, but the guy that you have got to love and know through this podcast series in 2019, Mr. Rob Bonham. Hello, Rob. Dave, thanks for having me for the fourth time this year. Fourth time in 2019? Fourth, yeah. That makes you my number one guest. And partner in crime. And partner in crime. Yeah. No, it's it's uh, great. Um, we've had a lot of fun doing this, and hopefully everybody's um, that's out there listening has got good stuff from this. I, I think they have. I particularly get feedback about our sessions. Um, people make comments about our, our chemistry together, which uh, has been good. We've now worked together for, well, almost two and a half years. Plus. Plus. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. It yeah. seems a lot longer. And just to set the mood for our, our nice uh, podcast recording, we're actually in Rob's office this time because my office is going through a major renovation. Oh, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. You know I had to go there. Um, let me set the mood a little more. It's dark outside because it's after 5 o'clock. It's pitch dark except for some parking lights. We're in Rob's office, and there's no one else here at, at headquarters, just Rob and I. And sitting right next to me, in a stack is some blue books. And this is for all of you listening. This is a little extra holiday gift for you guys at the end of the year. I have at least 10 copies of ABM is B2B by none other than Sangram Vajray, who was recently on the podcast with me. He's been on a couple times. He sent me an entire case of books as a holiday gift for our clients and friends of the firm. And I consider everybody in the Demand Gen radio community a friend of the firm. So all you have to do is to get a free book from me for you as a holiday gift is just drop me a DM on LinkedIn and say, hey, Dave, I want one of those free books and give me your address and I will have Mindy, my assistant, send one out to you. Um, it's a great book. I know Sangram enjoyed working on it. And it is my gift to any of you listen to the program. And if you reach out to me and, and I run out of books, uh, we'll see if Sangram would send some more. But uh, I've got at least a dozen copies right there. So what do you think of that, Rob? You read it. I love that book and uh, gave it to my team. You did. You yeah. sent copies to everybody, yeah. even and, the consulting and, team and everybody. Absolutely. And, and uh, clients that I know are looking at ABM have loved that book. So, yeah, it's a good read. Cool. I also mentioned that my office is going through renovations. So I, I want to talk about that. If you've been listening to this podcast this year, especially ones with Rob and I, you know that I've been I've been up to no good. It's it's the crime, and and I'm committing the crime of of innovation. And what I've talked about on the podcast is that I think this this format. I started the podcast three and a half years ago. It's become one of the top podcasts in the category, fifty thousand listeners a month. But 
it's all audio. And I, I appreciate talking to you guys on a weekly basis and the feedback that you give, but it doesn't lend itself to show and tell. It doesn't lend itself for us to really show you the expertise and the things that we feel we need to bring to the marketing community. And so coming in 2020, drum roll, we are launching Demand Gen TV. I don't know how big it's going to be. I don't know if it's going to be as big as a podcast, but I know that we are going to bring you video in streaming format and recorded format that I think you guys are really going to love. I'm not going to say more about it than that because I'm going to wait for the big launch come the beginning of the year. Are people actually going to be able to see us? People are going to be able to see us. Wow. Not just on the podcast. I mean, that's that's table stakes. That's easy to, for them to see us doing this. But we're going to do some show and tell us some MarTech and sales tech and methodologies. And I, again, I'm not going to go any deeper because I'm, I'm going to unveil this probably on LinkedIn, but to be determined, we're working on it right now. And, uh, you know, Disney Plus was the biggest thing to launch, I think, in 2019. Well, until now. Yeah. And then this, this is going to be the biggest yeah. thing since yeah. then. Are you watching The Mandalorian or? No. No, it's not. not no. Good. Okay. I have. I'm caught up on other things right now. Though. I love baby Yoda and the child. All right, let's jump in. Hey, uh, it is end of year. Let's hit a few things. Uh, I think it's been really cool to see some of the industry changes that are going on. I've loved some of the uh, acquisitions that have taken place, some consolidations. But you know what I also realize? It's Adobe's first year as the full parent, the full owner of the Marketo Engage platform, as they, as they call it. What, uh, what do you think about that? Yeah, I agree. I, th I think it's um, was the lead up to an inflection point we have in our business right now. You know, I'm seeing things out in the marketplace with B2B marketers that I have never seen before, and I've been doing this for quite a while. Something changed, right? Something changed. I haven't put our finger on it yet, but um, we're going to talk about it. I think we've you know explored it a little bit here in, on the podcast last couple of months, but um, definitely change. Yeah. And, and it was that was the reason for the walk-up uh, tune today. You know, I knew, I knew there was a method to your yeah, madness. I tied that back. Change. Yeah. Good song. Change by Tears for Fears. Uh, the, um, the other thing is that we're seeing still very strong funding for MarTech and sales tech companies. I'm, I know by the time this podcast airs, there's going to be another round, I think a $40 million round of MarTech company in the direct mail. Uh, and I'll, I'll just I'll leave it there because um, I don't know exactly when that's going to close, but I know it's coming. Forty million dollars in in print on demand investment for one of the leaders in that space, and we've seen lots of other investments, uh, Series A rounds, B rounds, even C rounds taking place, and more to come. And the reason I think that's significant is there was a little bit of you know how like Brinker Scott Brinker and the whole Martech landscape talked about consolidation. Well, it's and a lot of people are consolidating their stacks, which we'll come back to. When you're seeing this much VC money go into the space, they don't keep investing now 13, 15 years later in cloud technology unless they're getting ROI on their investments. And not every company is going to be a hit. I think it's, well, one in 10 or something like that, right? But they are continuing to invest. And when you're seeing Series B and Series C rounds, they're doing it because of growth. And a lot of the, the folks that I've had on the podcast, these companies continue to thrive and do, do very well. Yeah, ab absolutely. Um, you know, I know we're going to talk a little bit about our customers. Um, and it, since it is the end of the year, I do want to give a shout out to them to say thank you very much for for your business um, and continued support at, uh, of demand gen. But one of the things we're talking about, you know, expansion, continued funding that I'm seeing out in the marketplace is more and more of our clients are being built through acquisitions. Yeah. So a lot of know, them. Yeah, for sure. 
yeah, I know we'll talk about migrations and things like that, but a lot of it is system integration of of all of these different entities coming together in one as one, which you know is lending itself to the changes we're seeing in the marketplace as well. We have, I can think off the top of my head, we have at least three clients right now that are you know billion dollar plus clients that have acquired six to twenty yeah. different companies, yeah. and we're stitching together all their Martech and consolidating the Martech so they can operate as one company with with lines of business and we talk about change that's something we haven't seen as much in the past yeah. and i think the reason for that is that a lot of the companies that they acquired in the past didn't have digital marketing infrastructure so it was a lot easier to integrate them but now they're coming with so and so is using platform a and so and so is using platform b and they've acquired that and they've got to decide what to standardize on and we're seeing consistently environments that have salesforce marketing cloud marketo Oracle, even sometimes Pardot, all four in different business units that they have acquired and needed to standardize and make consolidations. Yeah, we've talked about this before, but it is uh, complexity is becoming more complex. Yeah, <laughs> well, well said, almost poetic. Uh, you hit your number. I, I'm, 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 you, I'm, you act surprised. I, I'm not surprised. I'm saying like we got two weeks to go. And, and I know what we have. Uh, I'm not surprised because of the way that we operate as a team. We have a scorecard every single week and we operate really, really um, well collaboratively. And I'd like to make, you know, talking about that as, uh, I'd like to make that as a theme uh, for today around a little bit of, of the success that we've had, but n not just the profile of us by any means. What is it that we're doing, Rob? that you see consistently our clients doing for the clients that are having uh, success. Um, we've, we've seen them, as we just talked about, uh, doing consolidations. We're also seeing a lot of migrations. We're seeing a lot of ABM initiatives, and we're seeing a lot in, in terms of lead management and system assessments. That was a big theme all year long. But the newest theme, and I don't, I don't know if this is Adobe-driven or just the market-driven, is this two words of digital transformation. And I feel in many ways that DemandGen's always been a, an example of best practices, but you know, in the almost three years that you've been here, I've never seen at DemandGen in our 13 years such collaboration between our own marketing alliances and sales. And it's you know, there's always the excuse that sometimes you you know, you're a shoemaker's son. Well, we're not. There's no excuses. We we operate like a great team. So, if you're up for it, let's let's talk about that. And I'd like to break it into some components. Like, what are the that one, two, three, four, whatever key areas that you need to be doing if you're successfully aligned sales and marketing. And, and this, these two words, digital transformation, what, what does it look like if you as a company are really digitally transforming from a sales and marketing perspective? Well, I think you, know, you mentioned it um, earlier is, is you, you certainly need to be aligned. And um, one of the things that, that and, and again, for those of the, that are listening, you know, we practice what we preach and we don't go out to our clients and tell them about things to do that we have not done here yeah. internally. But, um, you know, one of the things that we've, we've started doing over the last year or so is, is the, um, the concept of, of a marketing and sales alignment meeting on a regular basis. Um, I think that's really important, yeah. um, and we've talked about it a little bit. But you know, we've changed it as we, or or it's evolved for us um, over the last six months or so. 
And I think it's important for a couple of reasons. One is um, we're in alignment in terms of what our objectives are. Um, you know, if you ask uh, Tiffany, uh, our marketing director, what um, the sales revenue number is, she knows that. If um, you ask me what she's doing in terms of her campaigns and events and her organic marketing uh, activities, I know what those are as well. Um, and that wasn't necessarily the case before. So that's helped us do um, things that we haven't been able to do. Um, and the other thing that we've done that, that um, we continue ex to expand upon is what I call the pod concept. And, and what that is is that it's a team. It's a team sport. Um, um, digital transformation is not something that you can do in a silo. Um, and when, we, when we're successful as a team here at DemandGen, it's because marketing has a contribution to what we're doing. Sales has a contribution. Alliances with Anita and her team um, contribute to what we're doing. And we're, we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, if when we did our 2020 planning, how, how that, um, you know, came to fruition. But um, I think that's really important. It's, it's the collaboration aspect of it. We even gone as far as we, we use Glip here. Some of you may use Slack. We have a channel where um, the entire team or teams um, get to see what we're doing and, and uh, communicate on a regular basis in real time. Let's let's talk about what goes in that channel a little bit. So let's let's put this under the category of you meet regularly. All right. So as, as number one, what is what does digital transformation look like between sales and marketing? Number one on the board, you meet regularly, which as you said, as a pod, you guys formed a working group right. of who needs to be in that meeting right. and, and you have a planned agenda. That agenda is published every time before right. the meeting so right. everybody knows what's what's there and, and we, we keep keep pretty well to the agenda. Sometimes there's a, a parking lot topic we need to address. But in that in that Slack channel, we actually lose Glip from Ring Central, but almost one and the same. Um, some things that we post, let's talk about it. Number one is um, they post the marketing calendar. So every update to the marketing calendar, there's a new event, new campaign, new program that is put up there. Uh, well, they also post the content Content results. Yeah, the content we have, results. We have a content dashboard that there we look go. at. We That's look the and word see, I was for. Um, you know, what content's working. Yeah. Um, you know, do we need to double down on something that, uh, you know, perhaps is is doing well in the marketplace that uh, we didn't consider? Yeah, we uh, we use Uberflip as our resources hub, and so uh, Justin on Tiffany's team takes the Uberflip metrics and puts it in a real nice PowerPoint. Uh, deck and he and he publishes it, and so we can see kind of basically what are our greatest hits, what content are our prospects and customers consuming, and the metrics around that. And and the reason I think that that's good practice for anybody in terms from an alignment perspective is there's always a request by sales for like sales enablement tools or um, pieces of content. And it's almost like the public library, like you create this stuff and then that content goes up on the shelf, but you never know who's checking it out. And so one of the things that these metrics provide is, you know, what's what's topical to people. So folks on your team like Voss, they know like, wow, that, uh, well, we, we put out the seven keys to um, successful data hygiene. I think that was the greatest hits in November was a new right. piece of content that was put together. And that's like the bar chart for that is like way out into the right in terms of consumption. And so we know that, hey, there's a lot of interest in the market for that piece of content as well as, as other stuff. Um, we actually call, we, don't, we, we, break, we break tradition. I think the meeting is called the sales and marketing meeting, isn't it? 
It is, yes. And and you know my backstory, which was at Ellie Mae, I didn't like that it was called the sales and marketing meeting, and I rebranded it to the demand gen meeting, which is where the name of the company eventually came from. Yeah, and we we actually should probably change it, not, not just because, I'm not saying this because of your, your background there, but um, there are other people involved in that meeting other than sales and marketing. Um, so yeah. we need to hang a new title on that. While we're on that topic, uh, it's probably out by now or soon to be out. I'm writing a blog post, kind of my beginning of the year, end of the year post on demand generation. And I, I really call out what to some feels like um, a brand identity or, or misnomer there. And you and I talk about this a lot is that, you know, as the guy who coined the phrase demand gen and, and started a company and, and registered the trademark, I never intended the word demand gen ever to mean like leads or net new. That demand generation is a holistic framework for driving revenue, whether that's net new or in the install base. And there are really three components to demand generation, right? You and I talk about this a lot. We inform our clients about this and that part one is demand creation and part two is demand management and part three is demand expansion, you know, growing your customer base, wallet share where the upper parts are more market share. So I think it's important to call that meeting whatever the name of the pod is most appropriate, whether you want to call it the demand generation meeting or or what have you, because you're really talking about as a a cross-functional pod, a team, how to grow revenue in the organization. Yeah, and um, you know, I think we're, we're starting to see, it, it's not something that we necessarily came up with here. It's, it's a reflection of what we're seeing in the marketplace. You know, we, we've seen more and more uh, um, in the meetings that I'm in with our clients and prospects, sales in that meeting, um, CROs in that meeting, CMOs in that meeting, product people in that meeting, finance in that meeting. So when you're starting to talk about generating um, revenue to meet uh, a financial goal, um, it spans the entire organization. And so you can't, um, certainly we can't here internally approach it as we only talk to marketers anymore mm-hmm. um, because um, that's just not how the world is is evolving out there. Definitely not. And in fact, the department that we do see quite consistently now, especially in our larger and, and enterprise, is is IT. And that wasn't necessarily the case years ago, but it's almost standard now. And I think that's because like marketing automation was almost snuck in through marketing in the past. Uh, CRM was typically brought in between IT and, and sales. But now with the MarTech stack and the sales tech stack and everything being so integrated in data, compliance requirements, IT, absolutely has a seat at the table, if not leading in some of the uh, the RFPs and, and due diligence that we're seeing. Oh, for sure, for sure. And, uh, you know, this is something that as marketers we need to be aware of and um, not ignore. It's, it's here now. Yeah. Let's go to number two. Um, so if number one was you're meeting regularly. Uh, and let me, let me say something about that too, yeah. because um, if you, if out there, if you're meeting regularly with your your peers in in other departments, and that regular meeting is once a quarter, I'm going to suggest to you that that's not enough. It's not enough. We we meet every other week. Perhaps that's um, you know hard to get your teams together um, to do that, depending on how many people you have involved in the meeting. But certainly once a month um, that you're getting together um, with that kind of frequency to go over the, the topics. And by the way, if you're coming up on that meeting and you're running, uh, you're, you're putting together your agenda and you don't know what to talk about, that's a problem. Yeah. 
um, because there's always things to talk about, whether it's um, you know initiatives uh, that are coming uh, up or whether it's a review of training that needs to happen between the organizations. There's always something to talk about. So you shouldn't struggle to come up with things to fill out at least an hour's worth of uh, your agenda. And attendees to the meetings, again, we'll use us as an example because we can, we can say our name without worry about any repercussions. We have a member from sales ops, a member from marketing ops, the head of marketing, the head of sales, representation from the sales team. So if you alliances. have different- Yep, and, and alliances. And then you guys let me attend every now and then. Sometimes. Sometimes, if I yep. behave, mm-hmm. which sometimes I don't, yep. classic CEO. Yep. So you're meeting, and then let's, number two, it's kind of a little Venn diagram. You're collaborating with each other, all right? So meeting is collaboration, but we're calling out meeting. We're moving to collaboration with each other. And I mentioned demand creation and demand management and demand expansion. Let's take off the install base for now, because I think marketing and the install base is going to work typically with customer success and other functions. But for demand creation, um, this is no doubt sales and marketing. You guys got together, you alliances and marketing got together to plan out 2020. And one of the main initiatives that you guys came back with is uh, our own ABM strategy. Right. You know, let's do more of what we've been doing because that's working in terms of kind of our thought leadership and, and general content marketing inbound and outbound. But let's add ABM as an initiative. What was it like for you guys to sit down and and talk about that, uh, which is candidly something new for the company? I mean, yeah. we, we, we are we're we're on the same uh, getting on the same train that that others have because it makes sense for us as a, a growing company for us to be really efficient and targeted with our marketing efforts. We're not going to stop doing some of the other broader marketing programs that we run, but what added ABM? What was it like to go through that discussion and land like, hey, this is going to be an initiative. We're going to do stuff together. We're going to carve out budget together. We're going to add this on top of everything else that we're doing. Yeah, it. Um, we actually spent almost two full days. Um, with uh, Alliance Marketing and Sales, um, you know, looking at our 2020 initiatives. And for us, it all started with, you know, what what's our revenue target that we're going to hit and how are we going to get there? And for us, um, a good portion of that in 2020 was going to be our ABM strategy. And we spent a lot of time in some great discussion back and forth on what our ideal customer profile was. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had different um, interpretations of that of that. So it was it, it was not not something that I thought that I could come and say this is our ideal customer profile, and marketing you're going to have to follow in suit and, and alliances and and all the partners that we deal with are going to have to do that. No, it was a situation where you know there was good back and forth in terms of what that is in narrowing that down to a point to where we thought we could execute against that yeah. profile. And don't don't get Rob wrong when it comes to coming up with the list. Like we have access to all the best tools and technologies on the planet, so we can use these platforms to help us identify who the great lookalikes are. But you know what? If you cheat and go right to the technology as opposed to sitting down and having the kind of conversations that the team has, you miss a tremendous amount of nuances as the why. Why is that persona? 
um, been such a successful target for us? Why are we looking at, for example, the manufacturing segment, which has not primarily been in our database, but why are we moving into that segment? It comes back to digital transformation. That segment of the market is kind of late to the digital transformation party, and they need us quite a bit. Well, you may not see that in our database, um, and yet we know outside of what intelligence systems will tell us that this is a segment that we want to go after. We might not succeed, but at least we've consciously made an uh, uh, aligned decision to say, let's go after that segment. Yeah, and, and each one of us in that room was coming at that subject from a different point of view. Mm-hmm. So sales is coming at it from, you know, can I execute uh, my sales plans against that type of customer? Yeah. Um, marketing is looking at it and saying, can I get the information um, that's available um, to to start to talk relevantly through our messaging to that uh, vertical. And Alliances is looking at it to say, is there any benefit from what our, our partners are doing in those in that vertical or those particular accounts that we can leverage? Yeah. So um, you've got to have, when you sit down with, and, and probably many of you are either doing that currently or you've already done it, um, you know, sit down and and understand where each of the departments are coming from and uh, build uh, build your model from that. So that was one area that you guys collaborated on, on identifying the key initiatives for next year and then working through one of those initiatives, ABM um, Deep. You guys also, I, I talked about demand creation. Let's throw a couple other words underneath that in terms of where you guys, so content is an area where you guys collaborate, uh, events, field marketing. Let's dig into some of these. So when it comes to content, maybe you could share, again, either us or how, how you see in our clients um, that alignment around content. I mean, I think it's easiest to talk about us because we're so intimate with the content. But um, you, I see you guys consciously making content for our data services and content for how to know if you should migrate your marketing automation system. So you guys worked on a content calendar together and said, you brought to the the meeting, I remember, this is what my customers are asking me about. This is where they need guidance and assistance from our consulting and services team, which we're providing. And you fed that into marketing so they could create more content. So there's not random acts um, of it. Yeah, and I think we see that our, our clients are doing that. Our, our yeah. clients are doing that, but it's in it. It's not. I don't think the most common motion that people have. I think sometimes the the ask is for sales enablement tools for marketing, and uh, case studies, and just kind of thrown out there. But but there's a lot of context to what you guys talk about in terms of what type of case studies are needed, and it's not just one asset. If you need, let's say you want to talk about our data services. You do a really good job of, of working with marketing so that there's a suite of different tools, whether it's a podcast or a downloadable piece of content or a video and that, that whole suite. Yeah, and then how you're using that content, right? Yeah. Um, because what we're seeing with the advent of sales enablement tools is sales is now using that content to run their own campaigns, um, which used to be the, the sole domain of, of marketing. Um, and now, so now we're seeing sales teams that are using that content leapfrogging over into where marketing has traditionally been. So it's very important that um, you as a marketer and as a, a sales leader are coordinated in terms of the kind of content that you need and how that content's being used and how that content's being distributed out to, to your customers. Uh, events. Uh, again, I, I see really great collaboration 
um, when it comes to events. We have a major event coming up uh, next week. It'll be after, uh, before the, the podcast will come out after it happened. Um, and alliances and marketing, and you have put together a very detailed agenda of where everyone's going to be and what they're going to do and the desired outcomes um, for that event. And we've got several events next year. And, you know, I, I love events because I love to see our customers and I love to see uh, all of our partners in the whole ecosystem. But I'm not a fan of just how much events cost in terms of like as a form of lead generation. And way too often I see marketing walking, you work in one corner with a booth and maybe getting some staff, but not so much of a cohesive plan to really say what's the desired outcome of this event and then orchestration across all the people involved. Right. But if I think, you know, if you look at it, you're absolutely spot on in terms of it's a very expensive proposition to um, do events and some companies spend a lot more than others. But if you're looking at an event as a demand creation activity, then you're going to approach that the same way you're going to do an ABM strategy or uh, any of the campaigns that, you, that you're going to execute during the year. So you have to plan that out. You have to know the role of everybody that's going to participate in that event, what the goal is for each one of those individuals um, for that event, and that you're coordinated in doing that. Otherwise, I, I think it's really, really hard to get any kind of um, significant return out of an event. Agreed. Um, in the demand management category for collaboration, what are some of the areas that you recommend people really focus on in terms of working together, both strategically and, and tactically? Well, I mentioned uh, um, sales enablement. You know, that's our friends in that business are doing a good job of selling um, selling that out into the marketplace. It's a it's definitely we talk about change in our business. It's definitely one of the changes that are being highlighted um, for those of you that listen to John Miller and engage you. And he recently wrote a, a blog post about that. And one of the things that he covered is, is just exactly what we're talking about is sales is now in the, in the backyard of marketing, um, doing things that marketing used to do. So absolutely coordination of, um, in terms of those activities, but let's take a step back on that. And that is, are you in agreement in terms of the taxonomy that you're using? Are you in agreement in the cadence that you need to communicate uh, to a, a prospect or a client about? Are you, um, are you coordinating the human touch with digital touches? Um, the human touch isn't going to go away with the sales enablement tool. It's part of it. But, you know, marketing typically is not, unless it's, you know, um, a podcast or something like that, the human touch is not part of that. Mm -hmm. um, and now when you're bringing sales into it, the human touch is a big part of it. Yeah. You talked about sales enablement, which takes me also to CRM. I think we do a really good job here of using our CRM extremely well. And when I talk about Demand Gen TV next year, one of the folks probably comes as no surprise to you that I want to have on the program fairly regularly, like a co-host, is Sabrina, our head of marketing operations, because she does a phenomenal job in terms of the housekeeping and the maintenance uh, and the strategic use of our CRM. And for the last couple sales and marketing meetings, we, we maybe should rebrand it, but for the last couple sales and marketing meetings, she has walked us through a bunch of training um, for some of the new technologies that have been implemented and how to use those, part one and part two, and coming back and, and helping. And I think that's 
A, I don't know if it's done so well and so methodically at other companies. But what I also think, Rob, is like we're a, a relatively small company. Other companies are adding salespeople and marketing people all the time. I doubt they have a really good onboarding program for ensuring that the new reps and new marketing people go through that kind of training and onboarding that, that we provide. If you don't use the CRM well, it's going to affect revenue. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, we've talked about this before. Uh, my opinion is, yes, you can do onboarding and, yes, you can train initially, but the use of the CRM requires constant maintenance and, and training. So in our meetings, whatever we're going to call them in 2020, um, formerly the artist formerly known as sales and marketing, um, you know, we on a regular basis look at our CRM and how we use it in sales and how we can streamline that. Because the, the biggest hurdle to the use of the CRM is if you make it too complicated yeah. um, and it doesn't serve the purpose for generating revenue. Yeah. I think we just came up with our third category for things to do around alignment and digital transformation. Let's say the third category is is systems alignment. Yeah. Um, that the this and and both of it right. Getting the technology well integrated, but also getting the people who use the technology well trained and completely on board. And one of the things that we enacted, I th I think it was this year, maybe it was last year, is we have our own uh, Salesforce task force right. internally. Right. And and coming out of the last sales and marketing meeting, we had some action items that the head of sales ops took to go back to that task force to get that implemented. So rather than have a meeting with 20 or 30 people in it, the task force takes the decisions and actions and then goes and implements that. And, and one of those, as you remember very tactically, was to give on the... Um, account status, a drop-down field right. as an explainer field for a status. So if the status was X, well, what's the reason for that? And that not having that field, as you know, led to our inability to do some follow-up sales and marketing um, appropriately. And that was cool. Inadvertently, it, it created a black hole that we weren't aware of. Mm -hmm. um, so there was opportunities there that we were, we were leaving uh, on the table because we just weren't tracking it. Yeah. Uh, correctly. A little bit of a recurring sub-theme for us in terms of how we align, which is these these pods that we have within our company, right? We're, we're very cross-functional as a company, and, and the way we tackle initiatives isn't to get 20 or 30 people involved in something. We put these very small, very agile pods together, uh, four, five, maybe six people at the most, the less better. And they're really empowered to make decisions and drive those initiatives forward. And if you have a, you can feed into it, or that group can feed out into other other pods. It's been working well. Yeah, I, I think it's it's the way to go. Um, but you know, we're some of you that are listening probably have much bigger groups than that. Yeah, that you um, you know have to deal with. So smaller is better, in my opinion, um, to get things done. Well, and we're regularly dealing with companies as large as eight to ten billion dollars, right. and I can tell you firsthand whether it's our workshops, the less people in the room, the more effective the outcomes of those meetings. And you have two significant meetings being planned for January with two new clients of ours, and we're spending a fair amount of time just helping them figure out who should be in that room, what those roles, and then prepping them for the agenda. Because we know that if we're going to spend four hours with anywhere from 10 to 20 people, 
uh, we need the right participation, the right people in the room, and and not not too much critical. Yep. yep. Uh, let's let's figure out what item number four is. Uh, I'm going to put the theme around. It's got to do with reporting and, and transparency. By the way, I fly Southwest a lot, and they say transparency, which I think is it's kudos to the market. It's clever. Yeah. Um, so maybe maybe it's transparency. Let's see. But you know, we have one view of the truth, and our clients that are really thriving are doing an exceptional job in metrics and reporting. Uh, the guys from Splunk, who I've had on the podcast, both Rob and Joe. Uh, the other Rob. The other Rob. Yep. Yes. Uh, He's much he more important. I don't think he had walk-up music when he was on no, the podcast. No, that's only that's, you, only that's you me. Get that. That's only, only special me. people. Naomi got Backstreet Boys music, but it what? wasn't walk-up. Yeah, you have to go uh, listen yeah. to that one. They are exceptional. Doug Seacrest at Zenefits is exceptional. Uh, I had Eric Ziegler at Circle CI on the podcast. He's exceptional. Uh, the folks, Eric Lewis uh, at Ring Central, exceptional. Uh, many of our clients on the East Coast, uh, paychecks really, really focused on their analytics and measurement. Um, I can't think of any of our clients that isn't very like thriving and very well aligned between sales and marketing where they're not completely on board with having dashboards and looking at those KPIs and, and tracking the health of the business and seeing what's working and what's not. In a non-defensive posture, right? That's I, I think that's the key. You know, and let, let's talk a little bit too about, um, you know, does I don't want those out there listening to think, oh my gosh, I've got to come up with, with this report that um, addresses the needs of the entire organization. That's not necessarily what you need to do, um, because you know, senior management is going to want to see certain things. Um, the next layer is going to want to see um, that plus maybe more tactical aspects of the business. So um, the, there is the one source of truth, but there's reports that are going to fall out of that mm -hmm. that um, are most useful for different reasons at different parts of the organization. Right. Your report, you, you produce a Friday scorecard. Actually, finance does it for you. So you guys agreed on what the metrics would be cross-functionally. And then that's output from from finance because they're the reason for doing it there is they are the beholder of the most accurate up to date information and because in our case that data has got to come from a few different systems right. it comes out of Excel and it's done as a static report. Tiffany, on the other hand, our head of marketing, um, her marketing dashboard is real time. You can go look at it any day of the week, and it shows um, some of the some of the key metrics on there is uh, marketing sourced pipeline. Uh, marketing sourced revenue. Uh, it has every one of our channels and how those channels have produced on a monthly and quarterly basis in terms of net new lead generation and um, has all of our funnel stages and how much inventory is in each funnel stage. I know yesterday I looked at, there's 6,751 inquiries in the top of the funnel and your team only follows up on MQLs and there are zero MQLs right now, which for those listening like zero MQLs, our SLA is an hour on an MQL, and Rob's team, when they get assigned an MQL, they're either sales accepting it, sales qualifying it, recycling it, or disqualifying it, but it's a very temporary stage. Right. Now, I'm sure if we generated hundreds or thousands of, of MQLs, maybe they would sit there a little bit longer, but we'd ideally have a bigger team for it. Right. But we are incredibly efficient, and, and for our size and scale, we get to operate in kind of a best practice mode, but the transparency, I gotta tell you, like as a CEO, 
I always have a pulse on the business because you guys have always have a pulse on the business. So when you said in the beginning, you know, are you surprised that I hit my number for the year? It's like, no, not a, a from not from a performance perspective uh, because of what you and the team are capable of doing, but also because the transparency and, and the work that you guys do uh, to do it. I, I, it doesn't come easy. You know, it's a lot of work for us as a, as a growing company uh, to do that. But you you know what's working. Did you guys, when you had your uh, the leadership meeting and you did your planning, did you guys really think about the investments that you made this year and what did or didn't work? Because the budget, in, in, in terms of the preliminary budget I've looked at, it's a different mix. You know, the ABM investments are all yep. on there this, this yep. year. Oh, you have to do that, I think. Um, you have to continually be looking at... Uh, what's working and what's not working, um, because I, you know I know our budget is not limited un, or unlimited. We have to be nice. Yeah, it would be nice, wouldn't it? Um, yeah, that was wishful thinking on yeah. my part. But you got to spend your dollars wisely, and um, I'm constantly looking at that. And maybe it's it's uh, you know the paranoia in me, but I'm always thinking that I'm behind and that I'm missing something. Yeah. And um, but being transparent as an organization allows me to to see the things that that I need to see. I mean, by the way, I, I do want to mention that you know our sales scorecard um, gets distributed to not certainly not the entire organization because they don't all care about that. But all of the management team, the leadership team here at DemandGen, sees my results every single week. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's important. Um, don't hide behind that. Right. Um, get it out because um, that's how you're going to get better. That scorecard has a few tabs to it. I think most of us look at the first tab because that's the basically the score of the game. You know, what's our revenue goal and where are we year to date? But the sub tabs have things like um, those lines of business for us. And, you know, how much of our practice is in Marketo or in um, in Oracle or in Salesforce. Those are key metrics for us because we got to scale services based on where the business is, is growing and evolving. Um, we also have metrics around the number of deals that we do in a particular month or quarter because we're looking at volume. And volume doesn't, more doesn't always mean better, as you know, right? We, we've had years where we bring on less clients but bigger clients in years where we're bringing on a, a lot more. This year, we started doing implementations for a number of partners. We do Lean Data's implementations, Ringlead in implementations, Marketo implementations, uh, Uberflip implementations, mm-hmm. just to name a few. And and it's been great to partner with these guys through alliances to say, hey, when you get a client, we'll do their implementation. And that's not really a demand gen client at that point. So we're starting to track the metrics of conversion of those people that we're doing implementations for uh, and then whether they become. So there's some key metrics on that, but not a lot. Like you said, it's not like this big, thick book because otherwise you never look at it and you never never digest it. No, but the information's there if you want to go yeah, and, and, and dig into it. So I think I think we found our four. We started off with what does digital transformation look like? Number one, you meet regularly cross functionally. Uh, number two, we talked about collaboration, which kind of bleeds into number one, but the, the meeting, the, the physical presence with each other and, and working on strategy together. Collaboration, we talked about demand creation, content, events, to name a few. I think we also talked about demand management. The, you know, the SDR teams, as you said, are, are they're like, either they're sitting in marketing or they're an extension of marketing. And boy, you really need to make sure, well, align there. We talked about systems and CRM adoption, sales enablement tools. And Systems alignment was number three, uh, and I was asking the question about are people really intentionally onboarding and training 
sales and marketing folks. And then we just ended up with, with transparency and, and real-time reporting. We could go on, but I think those are four good areas to, to wrap up the year on in terms of the clients that are seeing. And again, I, I, even though we talk about how demand gen does demand gen and we're smaller, this is consistent and in I any think it's of transferable. Our, yeah, to any of, any of our clients we see that are, are doing it. Um, well, I want to come back to the point you made in the beginning. I just want it to be at the end of the podcast. I can't thank our clients enough for always taking a bet on us and being our partners. I hope you guys enjoyed this year's holiday mailer. I really thought marketing did a bang up job. Every year that's a challenge. You know, how do you market to marketers? You better do something creative. And I love the advent calendar and the 25 days of marketing bliss. Um, by the way, if you didn't get one of those and you want to see it, let me know. Raise it's, your hand. Yeah, raise your hand. Love that thing. Although, by, you know what? By the time they hear it, it the we, holidays have come and gone. But no, you we, still can get a book. Now, when is this going to uh, be released out in the wild? You know, I they don't let they me don't, make those decisions. Okay. But I would say that this could go out either Christmas week or the first week of January. Okay, because so people could be sitting there with their eggnog listening yeah. to us. Yeah, they could right yeah. now. Yeah, or bringing in the new year with uh, Dave and Rob. I hope so. I hope you guys have enjoyed our four episodes together. I like talking about how demand gen does demand gen. I hope it gets you guys thinking about what you're doing and, and how you want to level up. Um, and my offer stands. If you would like a copy of ABM is B2B, they are not a sponsor, by the way. I mean, just Sangram just sent me a whole case of books and said, happy holidays. So I am, I am passing these along and putting them on the New York Times best giver list of forwarding these. So just send me a, a DMs, a direct message on LinkedIn. I'll respond. You can shoot me your address, best address for you, and I will send you a book as my way of saying thanks. And if you want to say thanks to me or any of us for doing the podcast, the best way that you can ever do that is by going to iTunes and leaving a review, whether you just click on a star or write something. Um, a lot of you have been doing that. Um, I'd love, I have a personal goal of getting twice as many reviews as it has right now, and I need you guys to help out doing that. So if you've enjoyed the podcast this year and you feel like sending a little holiday cheer my way, please leave a review. And Rob, thank you so much for joining me again. We do, yes. we do some more with me next year? Uh, at least four more. At least four more. Yes. I love it. Will you also possibly be on Demand Gen TV? Well, we kid about I have a face that's made for radio, so I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. Rob, you, you know what? Don't put yourself down. That, that's our job. You, you, you've got a great face, and you have a great radio voice. And I dress up nice. And you have walk-up music. You do there, dress nice. You dress go. very nice. All right, everybody, that is going to do it for this episode of Demand Gen Radio. Thank you so much for joining me for the last three and a half years, and especially for the last year. It's been great to see the community grow, and I'd love to hear from you. So if you're enjoying the podcast, continue to reach out. I love hearing from you, and I wish you a happy holidays and a happy new year, and make 2020 the best year that you've had in your career. And if we can help you do that, just let me know. You've been listening to Demand Gen Radio, bringing you the top industry experts, thought leaders, authors, marketing technology firms, and senior marketing leaders from around the world to teach you the methods and technologies for high-performance marketing. 